from Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. And good morning, Rutherford County, and welcome back. Uh, we're, 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 we're kind of uh, having a fun morning this morning. <laughs> but we're going to get started again, and everything's going to be just absolutely perfect. Um, Robert, everything that's happening over at the Good Shepherd's home, uh, where it is right now, when, when will the move be possible to have the, the, the young people taken to a, a different location? Well, so we, uh, we've we purchased some land out off Plainview Road. I think we talked about that last yeah, time we were here we on did. the show. And uh, 45 acres out there. We've not really done anything with that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just kind of been, uh, we've got some concept drawings we've started on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've kind of been looking for a buyer for the property that we have now. Uh, we've had a few folks come and look at some pieces of it. We'd like to be able to sell that uh, as a whole. And uh, that are, are you looking for the buyer to have a, a, a certain reason why they're buying that property? Because I, I know that you've been working hard over there at the lake because the lake is looking so much better. But the property itself, that's valuable piece of property. Yes, sir. We've got about 19 acres over there uh, and got a little bit of road frontage on John Bragg Highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're off Double Springs Road in John Bragg. And uh, we've we've been kind of hoping we'd find somebody be interested in buying that lot. We we're not too uh, much looking to be nice if somebody take that and continue to use it for ministry. Yeah, uh, we've had a few folks look at it, housing some veteran veterans or uh, or possibly working with some homeless folks and doing like a step program to help them get on their feet, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just nobody's come through with anything yet. But we're really kind of held up on the new property until we can get some funds yeah. uh, to build. We don't really have anything to, to go with much out there. And so our, our hope would be that somebody buy where we're at, allow us to maybe lease it back for a year, and we could take the funds from the sale of that to build the new building. Yeah. Uh, we really need to get something going with that. We've been pretty well maxed out as far as capacity goes for the last uh, few years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we've pretty well been full. We've turned away several kids over the past year yeah. just because we didn't have any room. And uh, when we build, we want to be able to expand a little bit and um, come clo- we could come close to doubling our capacity with our future plans, what we're wanting to do. So, Well, the new facility, will you need more people that will be involved with the Good Shepherd's Home? Um, as far as staff, we yeah. need a few extra staff members uh, in order to double capacity for children. The state regulations say you have an adult for every eight children. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, we've been running about 24 with three adults. And so if we want to double that to 48, we'd need three more staff members yeah. uh, in order to, to make that work. As far as uh, we feel like we could operate that new facility uh, without having a whole lot more expense. You know, a new building, we're going to cut some cost in uh, utilities and things like that. Uh, as efficient as things can be today, electrical and things like that, you know, our our utility bills would, would cut some cost in a new facility. You'd think on a brand-new building versus something 60 years old, your insurance costs may be a little cheaper Yeah. Um, just because everything's new and uh, that kind of thing. So maybe not take a whole lot more money on a monthly basis outside of just groceries and some things like that to, to increase capacity. Now, do, do you have uh, um, different uh, rooms for each one of the individuals, or how, how do you, or do you kind of uh, partner it up a little bit? So we partner it up. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got seven boys' bedrooms and seven girls' bedrooms. Um, of course, we don't have room for enough staff to do more than 24. That's where that number comes from, even though we got bedrooms for 28. Yeah. Um, we end up having to put a single young lady usually on the girls' wing to be that third staff person, which takes away one bedroom. And so if we were in a perfect world, we could be 14 boys and, and uh, 10 girls. Uh, it's kind of where we could be at. And so we do double up. Most of the time, we have several sibling groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of times the siblings have a room together. Uh, and then at other times, we sometimes have to pair up kids that aren't, aren't siblings. Um, and so we, to, we do two to a room, though. That would be something that, that would be interesting because 
when you have family members that are there together, um, that would it make them having to leave their homes to come there uh, with a friendlier atmosphere between them? And that's something that I always wondered because it's not unusual for you to have siblings out there. It, it is not. We have several sets right now of uh, brothers. We've got, I think, three sets of brothers uh, currently. Uh, in the home, and then we have another set of brothers actually has a sister there. Um, and so we have some sibling group sets. Uh, we've got two that are two boys and a girl. We've got two of those groups there, so six of the kids, you know, are two, bro- two sets of brothers and sisters. What are the situations with the young people when, when they end up uh, at your home? Uh, uh, what type of homes do they come from, and what, what are the situations with them? So our primary focus on kids are just in disadvantaged home situations. You know, parents are homeless mm-hmm. uh, on the street, mm-hmm. um, doesn't have a place for their kids. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a situation where they're going to end up in state custody mm-hmm. um, if they can't figure something out. And so the parents are able to place the kids there and work on getting on their feet, um, you know, and not have to worry about their kids being taken care of and provided for and the needs met. And so that would be one situation. We've had children before whose parents are going to go to uh, maybe a single mother and she's wanting to go to a drug rehab facility. And uh, by going to a drug rehab facility, she needs somewhere for her, for her child to go while she's getting the help that she needs. We've had parents serving jail sentences. We've got kids whose grandparents are... Uh, trying to raise them, but there's health problems and things sometimes that get in the way, and they just need some some help along the way. And so really that's kind of the primary focus. We get some calls for behavior uh, situations sometimes too. That's not really our focus, but we've had some success in helping um, with some behavior stuff, especially if they're a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a call this past week about a boy at 17 years old still in cars and and uh, I just told them I don't think that's something we could really help with. You know, when they get to be that age, if they, they've got to want help yeah. in order to help. But uh, if somebody calls with a 11-, 12-year-old, sometimes you can uh, give them some good structure. And, and structure we already have to have because of the amount of people we have in the house. Um, and a lot of times that structure helps them. What about school, their education process? So we have all the kids in uh, private school. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing that pretty much since the home has been there. There were some years in the very beginning, I think, where the kids were at Kittrell. Yeah. Uh, maybe when that was all, they were all able to go to the same school. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have them all in private school. Uh, we bus them about 25 miles uh, down to Shelbyville. Uh, Shelbyville? Yes, sir. Wow. And uh, take them down there in the mornings. It's a, it's a good school down there that's been real helpful to us as far as, um, you know, not charging us as much. It's in downtown Chevrolet? Uh, it's just right as you get into town on 231. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a, a private Christian school there that we put the kids in. And uh, we're able to educate the kids. Uh, something I want to mention, we're just kicking off a campaign mm-hmm. this year. We normally would have a fundraiser uh, in October. That's usually why we'd be on this show talking a little right. bit about that fundraiser. But right. with all the coronavirus uh, stuff going on, we've elected not to have that this year. Just not sure how many people would show up and... Uh, also, a lot of small businesses have struggled this year who would normally help out with some donations and things of auction items and things like that for us to auction off. And so we've decided not to do that this year. But one of the things we are going to try to uh, do is kick off a campaign to help fund the education. That's a lot where that money goes. But we are able to educate the kids uh, for about $1,000 a piece for the year. It's $1,000 a year, and that's everything. That's their tuition. That's their books. That's their extracurricular sports that's their and that field goes trips. to the private school that and you're uh yes sir and so we we pay them uh to do that um for the education and so you can't uh we were doing homeschool for a while and we were paying a couple of teachers to come we we're spending more money than that uh in order to have a couple of teachers come and help administer that so twenty thousand dollars a year to educate uh 20 22 kids is not too bad of a uh, too bad of a cost, and so uh, we're able to take them down there and do that. It keeps them all in one place instead of having them spread out in all the different schools. Uh, if we had them over at Riverdale or Oakland and we had some at, at Central or wherever they were, uh, Kittrell, 
uh, and had them spread out, they wouldn't be able to be involved in the sports. There's no way logistically we could get them to all their practices and all that. But the school they're in is a K through 12 school, so it allows them to be involved in sports and have them all in the same place. A lot easier for us to keep track of everything that's going on that way. The, the private school is, is, is that being sponsored by some of the churches? Uh, uh, what denomination? Usually, it's it's Baptist or Church of Christ uh, in this community. That's a it's a Baptist school uh, there in uh, in Shelbyville. Yeah. So, it, does that work pretty well? And and in your new properties will be closer. It will be than than what you are right now. It's not a whole lot closer miles wise. It only about it's only about eight miles uh, closer mileage wise. But it would cut about half the time off. It'd probably cut about twenty minutes off of the drive, uh, just because there wouldn't be any traffic. Yeah. Um, Do you have a bus yourself, or is this from the the school? The, the children's home has a bus that yeah. we use. The children's home owns a bus. Uh, we were actually just able to purchase a bus back in March. We were in need of one. And uh, had some folks uh, help us out with that. We were able to purchase a bus back in March. And so uh, we were having a lot of trouble out of the one we had. It was nearly 20 years old. And uh, we were able to purchase a, a 2015 model bus just back in March. So that was a real blessing. I hope uh, Ellie is not driving one of those buses because <laughs> she was on her way to work one morning. And I just happened to look because I didn't really know who was driving because it was flying. And... Uh, she was driving with her feet and putting on makeup at the same time. And I said, Ellie, she was circuit court clerk. I mean, <laughs> she, I mean, we, we had just elected her, I think. And, and, and I was so worried. I, I, I was afraid that something might happen to her on the way because we, we had worked hard to get you in office that time. Or, or we were all running at the same time. Pretty much. And, and I miss those days, don't you, Ellie? I do. Truman, I love your stories that aren't so, <laughs> that aren't true. Are you saying what I said was not accurate? <laughs> that is not accurate. What was Who was that I saw coming down the road? I, I bet it was my twin sister. I bet it was a twin. Bless your heart. <laughs> it was Margaret. Margaret? Mm -hmm. I, I, I bet it was Margaret. But, but, but you, this one wasn't a Corvette. Oh, well, I, I don't do Corvettes. Yeah. She does. Yeah. Well, why are you involved with the Good Shepherd's Home? Because you have been for a, a long time now. I, I'm on the board there at the Good Shepherd's Children's Home. Yeah. And, of course, we love Robert and Lee. And they, yeah, they do a great job absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, of course, Lee Ann is the granddaughter of my pastor that just passed away. Yeah. And they do a wonderful job with yeah. those kids yeah it's amazing because they come to our church sometimes for special activities and especially when we're honoring our pastor yeah and for those events they come and they're just a great group of kids that robert and leanne do a great job with you know how in the world could we survive in this country without the churches i i am constantly amazed that a lot of people are turning away from churches right now, and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Nobody gives back to the community, and it doesn't matter what uh, denomination it is. Uh, everybody wants to take a, I mean, a, a large part of what's going on in our communities. And, you know, they even go outside. I mean, you're talking about South Dakota and a lot of other places. We go into the uh, communities that... Uh, uh, a lot of the Indian nations are, are a part of. And, and, and it's amazing that the people who have a kind heart and a love for everybody seem to all belong to a church somewhere. Yes, and, and people don't understand that uh, it changes our country when the churches are not involved with those things anymore. Right. And uh, do, you have, uh, uh, do you have any... Uh, people there in, in in the good shepherd's home the young kids that actually uh get them in contact with the churches and in in and and do services there at the good shepherd's home do we have kids involved yeah yeah so. when when uh that are reading the bible to them and educating them to 
why it's so important to have that relationship. Yes, sir. So um, that's one of the reasons uh, we have been a Christian school yeah. as well. You know, we've got them in a Christian school. So every morning, the school day, of course, we start at breakfast with the Bible. Yeah. Uh, we read a chapter of Proverbs every morning at wow. breakfast time together as a group uh, before we even head out the door to school. And uh, But they get to school, and the first thing they have is a devotion time. Uh, they're at the school where they get their Bibles and they'll have somebody bring a devotion uh, to them. They even have some of the young men will be involved in that uh, one day a week. Um, they have the young men do a devotion time and yeah. kind of lead that. And so uh, that's going on uh, there, obviously. And, of course, all their curriculum is based around Scripture and those things. And we take them to church. And uh, we're at church three times a week, every week, and sometimes yeah. a little bit more. But, but yeah, it's, it's very important. And talk about working with the behavior stuff, you know, uh, a lot of that's what makes the difference. It's not yeah. anything we're really doing. Uh, it's just teaching them that there's a, a God out there that we answer to, and it's not just what everything I want, what I want to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and just get some of that in in them to understand uh, that we've got a we've got rules and and things that we have to abide by, uh, not necessarily because I said it, because the Bible says it, and that's God's word, and let's go off of that and yeah. uh, and try to try to do what we need to do. Well, I noticed Eddie; he didn't say anything about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In Romans. What about that? We're not over in the New Testament. Oh, well, we are. No, you're not either. <laughs> Why do you say that? Proverbs. Oh, oh yes. Well, you that, were not listening, were you? I did. I did. You were listen. over there sound asleep again this morning. <laughs> Bless your heart. I love Proverbs as well. Proverbs is, uh, is one of the finer ones that I... Well, I can't read anymore anyway. I can't see. So I'm going to go to the eye doctor next week, and hopefully I, I can start reading again. I miss that. Well, you can get it on audio. Listen to it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's not the same thing as holding a book. <laughs> it, it, it's not the same thing. I, I, I'll, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So what are we looking at as far as fundraisers? Because every every place has to be able to uh, afford the things that they're doing. So, what do you need, uh, Robert? So, it costs a lot of money to run run that operation. Oh gosh, now, I we, know. now we do it on a I think a very very good budget. I've had more than one person. Uh, we just met with an insurance agent a couple of weeks ago uh, about doing some new insurance, and he asked what our budget was and. And I told him, and he said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, I would think it'd be three times that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we have a license with the state, with Department of Children's Services. And, of course, they look at our budget uh, when they come out to do our licensing. They're always curious about the budget, not sure why. They don't give us any funding, um, but uh, they want to see Good the budget. Good luck in that. They want to see the budget. and. Yeah. Uh, and but she said the same thing a couple of years ago. You know, in order, I'm surprised not three times that. You know, group homes that we inspect and we look at. You know, a lot of times their budget's three times. So I feel like we do it very frugally. Um, and uh, we operated just a couple of years ago uh, on just a little over two hundred thousand dollars, and that's twenty wow. kids in the house. And and we're talking about salaries. We're talking about insurance. We're talking about the lights and utilities. And you know, our utility bill is about twenty thousand dollars a year. Uh, near it and then insurance is about that much on insuring the vehicles and insuring the property and all of those things and and uh, so you've got so nobody gives any of that free and so no sir no sir (laughs) you would think that a a lot of these businesses are in town and and this is a a major part of what we offer here in our community you would think that uh, uh, they would uh, to, to look at your uh, uh, the business cost of, of what you do at the Good Shepherd's Home, you would think that a number of them would uh, be more than happy to uh, give to you guys. Well, and we do have we do have a lot of folks that will give. Um, what know, about they businesses? Just, they just we have some businesses that support our fall festival that we've been doing for six years now. Yeah, um, that's raised about a tenth of our budget uh, just in that one event, and that's the only event we typically do. Um, but we've raised uh, we raised a little over thirty thousand dollars with that last year, 
And uh, when I said 200,000, that was a couple years ago. Last year's budget was 300, mm -hmm. and uh, we just had some uh, additional costs and buying a bus and things that we did. Uh, what about a group of churches here. together? And uh, we do have several churches that support, not just even here local, mm -hmm. uh, but there are some local ones here uh, that support the ministry on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we do have that. But the one thing that would really just help us is, like I said, we kick off this campaign about education. We could, we need 20 churches that be willing to give a thousand dollars that take care of our education costs for this year. We wouldn't yeah. have to worry about that. Um, and we have lots of folks that'll bring some food donations by. That's a good way to help. You know, if you don't have much at the grocery store, pick up a couple extra things, give us a call and, and see about dropping it off. We keep a needs list on our website, you know, of pantry items that folks can help with. Most of it's things that we use all the time, you know, sugar and tea bags and cereal and uh, green beans and corn and just stuff that's kind of ongoing um, that we use every day that folks could bring by and help with. So that's a good way to help. But uh, if we could find 20 individuals or 20 churches that would uh, get involved in this campaign we're trying to kick off on the education, that'd be a huge help that we don't have to, because a lot of times this fundraiser that we normally have in October uh, covers our education costs for the year. And, uh, again, we're not going to be able to have that with the virus this year. And so that would be a huge help to us if we get some folks involved in this education campaign, uh, get that kicked off and, and get that going. We're also fixing to start uh, to recommendation of uh, someone here in town, uh, a business that wanted to give some money maybe but do it under advertising, was asking how they could do that. Because um, normally we'd have an advertisement booklet that we would sell ads in for our festival. We're not doing that again this year. And so um, we're going to start a sponsorship page on our website where businesses can give uh, and have their business logo put on our website as a sponsor of the Good Shepherd Children's Home and let them be able to have a way to advertise and uh, folks go to our website. They could see the businesses that are here local that are willing to support and be behind the Good Shepherd home. Do, do, would many people uh, actually follow that website uh, since you mentioned it and they, um, they, were, they were talking about uh, the advertisement part of it? Um, is that a lucrative way of dealing with something like that? Well, I, I'm having a hard time looking at it. Well, so lots of nonprofits have sponsorship pages on their website. We've never done that to yeah. where folks, when they go to their website, could see uh, the businesses that are involved. And uh, we do have quite a bit of traffic. I mean, if you search Good Shepherd Children's Home on Google, we're going to be one of the top uh, top hits there. Uh, first yeah. thing you're going to see is the Good Shepherd here in Murfreesboro. Uh, and so uh, I don't know how much. A lot of folks that give toward advertisement like that for our business, I think they're doing it just as much to help out, uh, not so much for their business, but just doing it to help out the home as well. You know, I, uh, Ellie and I remember Charlie Farah, and we lost Charlie uh, this last year. And uh, Charlie was one of those people that he would give to uh, groups that he felt like was, was doing something special, like for the kids and things like that. And he never wanted any credit for it whatsoever. And, uh, you know, I miss those days, don't you, Ellie? When, when you've got these people that are just, uh, they don't think of themselves whatsoever. They want to do something for others. And, and that's, a, uh, that's amazing to me. And uh, I'm sure that there are still businesses and people out there that that still have that that feeling for their community and for the young people that are going to be a major part of the community in the future and and uh, you know I, I i we we seem to be floating away from that type of attitude but there are still others out there. It, it, you just have to find them, don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, and a lot of them are located in churches and things like that that still have that that um, kind heart for the people that are not as fortunate as they are. Yes, sir. Now, have you had a lot of um, people for, that are homeless that are reaching out to you? How do they? How do they get involved, and how do they know what's going on at at the home? So we probably do not reach near the amount of folks that would use the 
the Good Shepherd home if they knew about it. Yeah. Uh, we would never be able to meet the need here in Rutherford County if folks knew what we do. A lot of folks think about the Good Shepherd home, they think of an orphanage uh, for kids that don't have anybody. Yeah. And, uh, or they think of a detention center uh, where, you know, kids causing a bunch of trouble and need somewhere to put them to get them some help before they end up in juvenile or jail. And uh, so folks don't really realize the Good Shepherd Children's Home is there to help folks in situations like that with homelessness and things like that. And it's a it's a big problem here in Rutherford County. And, yeah, uh, it's grown a lot. And I've talked to some of the city councilmen and, and the people who actually deal with it with the city. And we have seen how uh, negatively the homeless have affected major cities and things like that and it's grown to be such a a problem they don't even know how to deal with it anymore but right. but but getting a hold of the kids and show them the, the the way of life that that they can be part of the future with uh that's special and it it it, it actually works with families once they have something like that that they know that they can depend on Right, and so uh, those families, a lot of times, like I said, we're not even scratching the surface of yeah. the ones that are here uh, that would would love to use our service if they knew that we were available and doing what we do. But the ones that do find us, um, they a lot of times people go to the church for help. We're talking about churches, and a yeah. lot of people still go to the church for help. They go to the church and you know need a few dollars and want know somebody help them with some gas or help them with some food and. And so a lot of times when they go to a church and start talking about their situation, the churches here in Rutherford County know about the Good Shepherd Home. And so sometimes they will refer them to us. Uh, sometimes they find us online, you know, trying to look look up, see where they can get help. They'll find us. And then uh, Children's Services also is obviously aware of us. And, and sometimes when they get a call from the school or a situation going on where they know there's some issues going on, they may refer them to us uh, versus, uh, especially when they don't have foster homes to put them in. Uh, if they run into a situation where they need to take a kid into the system to put into a foster home and there's not a home available for that particular child at that time, they may call us and say, hey, do you have a spot? Mm-hmm. And uh, if we tell them we do, then they'll put the family in touch with us. You have a, a great success rate with these young people, don't you? Well, it's it, it's okay. It's not as well as you'd hope sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's probably as well as you can hope for um, in a lot of ways as you're well. You're having because, to work with broken kids, and you're having to mend them. Well, and sometimes you don't have a lot of time to do that. You yeah. know, sometimes a family just needs that for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you take a you take a young person who's 11, 12 years old, and uh, you bring them there for a year, and then they go right back to where they were at before, and and maybe not back on the street. Yeah. Per se, maybe they're in a home now, but it's still a it's still a broken home. A home, uh, almost every child that we get, they're from a broken home. They most yeah. of them don't have, most of them only have one parent in the home, and and uh, and it's important. They need they need a set of parents at the, at the home. That's why it was instituted that way and and set up that way. And I think I heard some numbers in jail the same way. You know, most yeah. of the kids had no father figure. Folks in jail, there's no father figure in their life, and. And it's just kind of kind of part of how it is. But when they when they stay for a year and they go back, you hope you've planted a seed that and let them see a different way. That maybe when they get a little older, um, but it's hard to judge that too. I've only been involved with the home for about ten years, and so uh, the first kids I was involved with just in their early twenties. And sometimes that's not a good gauge either of what yeah. what a child is going to turn out to be when he's thirty or forty from what he's learned. Do you, Do you have any contact with the juvenile judge? Not too much anymore. We used to um, we used to have a little bit uh, of contact in that in that world, but we've not really uh, we've been pretty full with what we have, so we've not really had to reach out and you know try to find kids to help. They found us, um, and so we've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. But uh, back years ago, with Judge Davenport, we had you know a little bit of contact with that and working working through that some. Um, but again, we we're not having to look for kids, you know, or to or to go try to find kids to help. They're finding us, and so we're staying full with where we're at. What about the kids who really don't have a proper home to go back to? So they end up uh, they end up staying. You know, we've got we've got a young man now who came when he's six years old. He's twelve, and uh, more than likely, if something drastically doesn't change, um, his his situation was. Uh, he had his um, 
his mother had gotten pregnant when she was a teenager. She was actually already living with her grandmother because her mom had passed away, which would be his great-grandmother. Got pregnant as a teenager. He ended up uh, staying with his great-grandmother uh, because she pretty much uh, just left him there and went out doing her own thing in and out of jail, just not doing the things that she needed to be doing. So his great-grandmother's raising him. She's up in her 70s with a five-year-old, and she'd come by the house one day crying and just looking for some help. You know, she said, I just can't, I can't handle this. You know, I've got some health problems. And, and so he's been there now six years. And, of course, his great-grandmother, she's still there, and she calls him. She comes and visits him and takes him, spends Christmas with him. And, and so she's being a grandmother and letting us do the parenting. But he'll more than likely grow up there unless his mom you know, decides to uh, kind of get her act together and, and quit chasing men and whatever else and, and get a job and, and do what she needs to do. Um, and so uh, they end up just staying. And, and so we don't really look to take kids permanently that don't have a family because we're not really set up for that either to where they can just come there and, and it just be that they're there all the time from now on. Um, but kids that have a family member that can spend some time with them, those are the kids that we try to work with. So they've got a family member that will visit with them on Saturday once a month, and they've got a family member that can take them at Christmas and so they can spend the holidays with family and those kind of things because that also gives us some time uh, with our families. That's kind of when our breaks come is at Christmas while the kids go spend some time with a family member, whether that be the parent or not, sometimes not. Sometimes it's just an aunt or uncle or grandparent. But outside of those visits, they could come at five years old and, and grow up and graduate school there and go on to college or, or whatever they do after and they And you've had that happen. Graduate. We have had that. Um, we actually, um, we've got a couple of um, young ladies in our time there that came there as a freshman in high school, graduated, uh, went off to Bible college and um, have come back. We've got a young lady there right now. She spent her junior and senior year with us, went to Bible college for a couple of years, and she's been back volunteering and helping us for the last two years. And uh, so she's actually a product of the home, and she's she's one of our single staff persons I was talking about earlier that is uh, living there as a more or less volunteer, and she's there for a room and board. She works a little bit of an outside job to make a little bit of money to pay pay a few things, but she helps us around the home with laundry and lunches and meals and those kind of things. Could you or, or are you a part of a situation where there's an adoption process? Or are you, or will people come and, and, and visit your place maybe for that particular purpose? So we do get those, uh, we get some calls like that sometimes, but that's really not what we're doing. Uh, these kids all have a family member that has, been involved in placing them there and they're not just really bringing them there and dropping them off and just writing them off that they don't want any more involvement the kids that we work with their parents have every intention or grandparents or whoever that person is they have every intention of hopefully uh being able to bring those kids back into the home at some time uh some of them work hard at it some of them some of them try but they put themselves in such a situation it just takes a long time and sometimes just never works out but they're not. We, we're not taking kids whose families just drop them off there, and you guys deal with them. We don't want them anymore, and uh, so we really are not working. Uh, we don't do anything at all with adoption. Uh, we've had in my time there, I've had one family uh, that placed their grandson there, and they actually worked to find a family to adopt him. Mm-hmm. And he was adopted. He left the home to go with his adopted family, but we weren't really involved in that. His grandparents. They, they did not have any communications with you guys to see what type of child that was or, or how that child had come along, uh, whether the child would be a problem or uh, it could be someone that uh, could maybe join their family and, and, and be uh, someone who would um, uh, have the particular uh, mindset to be a part of another family at the time. Yeah, I can't say that for sure, Truman. I was involved there, but I was more or less volunteering. Uh, Mike Juno and his wife that mm-hmm. ran the home for about 10 years, yeah. they were there at the time. He passed away of a heart attack back in 2010. Yeah. They were the ones actually that dealt more with that. I was just aware of it because we were we were volunteering and, and working out there and helping uh, around with things is why I knew about it. We've not had any since I've been in charge of the home that have been adopted out of the home or a situation where they were looking. We've got 20, 22 kids there at the house right now, and we have had um, 
I've seen 70. We worked with 70 in the last seven years, um, and all of those. So that tells you right there, 50 basically have gone back to their family um, out of the ones that we've had. So I bet you you have a lot of kids that come through there that have special skills that that, that they could be very successful with in, in in the future. They just need some guidance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No doubt. And. Uh, and sometimes, you know, at that age, they take the guidance, and sometimes they kind of brush you off and go back to success rates a little bit. We've got a young man that uh, he came to the home about 15. He was living with his grandmother and giving her quite a bit of trouble. It was one of those. It was a little bit of a behavior uh, situation. Most of these kids that we get behavior calls on, we don't ever see a whole lot of the behavior. You know, you get them there and get them in some structure and get them away from some of the friends that they've been yeah. running around with and the Internet and the junk they've been watching on TV and listening to on the radio. And you get some of that away from them, and you don't see a whole lot of the behavior uh, problems. But uh, he came at 15 years old, and uh, when he turned 18, he was a, he was a senior uh, in high school, he turned 18 in November, and he's in his senior year. And uh, he just decided he won't be there anymore. So he said he's leaving, and and he just left. He's 18, and you know there's nothing you can really do about it. It's not a runaway at that point. He's a man; he can uh, go make his own way. And and so he left. And uh, but you know he called me about. Uh, he's he's 20. Uh, he's 20 now, I believe. But he called me about six months ago, and he said, you know, that was the worst mistake I ever made. Uh, is not finishing my senior year and leaving the home. and uh, But then he called me again the other day. He's uh, living with his girlfriend, which, um, you know, ain't the way we would have it. We'd have him married yeah. if they're going to live together. But they just had a baby, and he called yeah. me the other day from the hospital. Oh, you want to see the baby? And he wanted to FaceTime me and let me see the baby and those kind of things. And so, uh, but I think he's a young man that will do okay. He's made some poor decisions, you know, uh, here at 18, 19 years old, but we all did. And uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully some of the three years he was there and the things he learned, uh, there'll be some uh, be some fruit from that that we'll see as he gets a little bit older and he raises his daughter. Now, you, from the way I understand, the way you're explaining to me, a, a lot of these come from parents who are loving parents. They want to see their children be given something more than what they can give them. And uh, I can understand that these kids, they really want to go back home no matter what the circumstances are because they know their parents love them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, we, uh, most of the kids, you know, it, it is that type of situation where their family would love to have them with them yeah. if they were in a situation to. But, but sometimes, you know, we talk about the homelessness. Sometimes they just made themselves and dug themselves a hole. They've got a record. Yeah. You know, they have a hard time getting a good job. They're paying, you know, $70 a night to stay in a hotel room, which is taking everything they can make at Wendy's just to uh, stay at a hotel. They can never get ahead enough to get a vehicle and to get yeah. their fines paid for their license and, you know, those kind of things. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Robert Brown and Eloise Gaither. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5-101.9, AM 14.50, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer, host of the Truman Show live broadcast. Food is ready-made. It's hard work, but you got to enjoy the people, and you just have to enjoy what you do. If those two things come into play, then it's not that hard, I don't think. Open Monday through Saturday at 6.30 for breakfast and lunch, Thursdays and Fridays for dinner. Have you changed your menu very much since you've been here? No, sir. If it's working, just keep doing it. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly cloudy skies here for this afternoon with a high in the mid-70s. Northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low 62. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently in 64. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. 
Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. I'm Ron Jordan. Early voting is coming up, and Reverend Dwight Ogleton is offering residents a ride to the polls to vote during the early voting period from October 14th through October 29th, with Election Day on November 3rd. My family and I, uh, we are sponsoring rides to the polls because there are some people that don't have the transportation to get there. We have a list of sites for early voting and for voting day. Ogleton says that volunteers are still needed to help give others a ride to the polls. If you'd like to volunteer or if you need a ride to the polls, call. The number is posted on our website, WGNSRadio.com. The production of a play written by William Shakespeare will be performed at the MTSU Tucker Theater. R&J, an adaption of Shakespeare's play, Romeo and Juliet. Our Talenton students and faculty are working together on a safely bringing this production to Tucker Theater stage from October 1st through October 4th. You can learn more about the play by following the link on WGNSRadio.com. Get ready to place your bets. Sports betting is getting closer to becoming a reality in Tennessee. The state has already approved licenses for the first group of sports betting operators. The state's expected to review more applications in the next few weeks. The target date for the start of sports betting in Tennessee is November 1st. Rutherford County authorities have confirmed that Smyrna Vice Mayor Mark Atkins is facing a DUI charge. The Rutherford County Sheriff's Office says the Tennessee Highway Patrol charged Atkins Thursday morning. Additional details of his arrest were not immediately provided. He was booked into the Rutherford County Jail and later released. A hearing's been scheduled for January 29th in General Sessions Courts. Follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. Hey, hi, and hello there. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Fun lovers and truth seekers. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS AM FM Online. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back. And I want to mention the Premier Six Theater. It's still going. Uh, bless their hearts with all the old movies and things like that. Uh, I think Hollywood is uh, really taking a, a shot with all the things that are going on with the coronavirus. Um, I'm not really that upset about Hollywood, but I am about our local theaters. I really am. And uh, playing this week, uh, Bill and Ted face the music, and they needed to face the music. And it's on at 2.30, 4.45, and 7.30. Uh, Tenet, or Tenet, whatever it is. Uh, rated PG-13, it's 3.30 and 6.40. Star Wars, we all saw Star Wars, Allie. The Empire Strikes Back, rated PG. It's on at 2, 4.25, 7, and Friday and Saturday at 9.30. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, do you remember that one? I remember the name. You didn't go to that movie? I did not. Well, bless your heart. Everybody likes to be scared every once in a while. It, it's it rated R. Comes on at 220, 415, 615, 815, and Friday and Saturday at 10. Clueless, rated PG-13. That kind of reminds me of a political organization. But anyway, comes on at 2, 4, 6, 8, and Friday and Saturday at 945. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, PG-13. I think I've seen all of these movies at one time except for that new one, Tenet. Um, did I say what time Harry Potter came on? I don't think so. Okay. The Order of the Phoenix, Friday and Saturday at 9.20 p.m. I guess that's p.m. You're the movie buff. Yeah, I, I do love movies. I can, I can pretty much tell you just about anything on a movie that was made in the 1930s on up till the, the last year. We just never went to the movies. You and Harold didn't go to the drive-in theaters? No, not much. I can't believe When you and Harold were dating, you didn't go to the, the drive-in theaters? Maybe once or twice. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Where where were we, big, bad <laughs> Robert Brown? Uh, when when we, we were... T- I know one thing we were talking about was Charlie Farah, who is one of the my favorite uh, people in the whole world. 
the future of uh, the Good Shepherd's home. It's bright and shining, but you've got a lot of work to do, and you're going to have to have a lot of support. Yes, sir. Yep, and uh, we sure uh, we sure could use that new building. It'd be a huge help, and uh, and it will take a lot of support to get that done. And uh, and just even folks helping out in little ways get a lot of people to do a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, and it goes a long ways. And uh, do you have any businesses that want to look at at the uh, uh, plans for the new building and and maybe give you some advice and maybe get you uh, give you some support for for that uh, future bi- uh, building for the Good Shepherd's Home? Well, we've not had anybody asking to see it yet. We're still trying to actually get some drawings done. That's kind of the next thing that we need to happen. Uh, we, need to, uh, we need to get some architectural drawings done, uh, but we're probably looking somewhere around forty dollars or $50,000 to get some drawings for a building. We've, we've done some concept drawings, uh, just kind of a, a layout, a floor plan, you know, room sizes, what they need to be based on uh, what we feel like works. The, the layout for the children's home is a very good layout in our current building, and uh, we're not going to change that, that ch- layout a whole lot because it works. There's a few things we need to do differently. Uh, currently, we've got a community bathroom at the end of the hallway. We'd like to have a bathroom in, on every bedroom, you know, instead of having to go down the hall and, and have 14 boys a lot of money there. sharing a bathroom. Yeah. And so... Uh, we, we'd like to do that. We'd also like right now the laundry room is all the way on the other end of the house from the bedrooms on the back side of the kitchen. And so, uh, we'd like to put a laundry on each boys wing and girls wing. We'd like to have a laundry. Do they do their own laundry and everything? So the, so some, uh, we do some of that, especially with the, the girls. We don't let the boys mess with the washing machines too much. They, they don't clean their pockets out and, uh, and ruin washers and dryers and clothes. And so I've always uh, wondered why dimes would end up in, in, in my washer. Right. Well, dimes, dimes don't ruin the laundry, though, or the machines too much, I don't think. But chewing gum and, and uh, all kinds of stuff end up in the washer and dryers. You let the, let the boys down there. So... Uh, they don't do too much, but the the girls, especially the teenage girls, work with them. They'll do their own a lot of times and uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, but as far as getting that getting that done, we'd really like to do it. But just just having folks pitch in and help, even if it's with pantry items, yeah, it's easy when you have a face. Like I talked earlier about the education. You know, if somebody knows that they're giving to the education and that's what it's going to, or if they know they're they're buying some food, or if they know that the kids need a bed and they can supply a bed. Those kind of things, it's easy a lot of times for people to want to give to. Uh, the hard things to raise money for sometimes is to pay the insurance yeah. and to keep the lights on and to, to do those kind of things. But uh, architectural drawings, we'd like to get those done, and uh, we could sure use somebody to step up. If there was an architect or something, be willing to work with us some on that. Uh, and I know it's a, it, it is a lot of work. You think that's a lot of money, but we're talking probably about uh, – a $1.8 million facility, uh, probably somewhere in that range is what that building will cost. And uh, so $50,000 for the drawing and the structural and plumbing and engineering and all of that piece of it um, is not a grand amount of money in that, even though it sounds like a lot. But uh, that's kind of the next thing on our plate. We need to get those drawings done because, again, if people can see the future and see the vision, and they can actually put eyes on what you're going to build, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would be, uh, be easier for them to want to help along with it when they know what they're given to. Did you ever see the movie Going My Way? I don't think I did. I'm not Bing a big Crosby. movie watcher either. You so. missed a great movie. Did you ever see it, I Ellie? Not, no. Bing Crosby and uh, Barry Fitzgerald are in that movie, and uh, their uh, Catholic church is in – a dire straits it, 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 it's falling apart and they can't get any money from uh, the guy that uh, uh, held the mortgage on that particular church and uh, one of the things that, that they would uh, talk about is there's no such thing as a church that doesn't have a mortgage on it and, and I would look at uh, maybe your particular building as something like that but you, you also have to have the uh, um, funds to have something like that and there's always somebody that's off somewhere that nobody has even contacted whatsoever 
that, that's willing to do something special. Especially, everybody wants to do something for the kids. Right. They all want to see them uh, be successful in whatever endeavor they have. And uh, I would love to see somebody out there in that listening audience would that would come forward and be a positive uh, 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 effect for these particular kids and be able to, um, you know, make a difference in in these kids lives and that nobody can do anything more in this in this day and time than to reach out to kids and and give them a special uh, uh you know uh a kick in the rear end to get them started and and, and uh um They'll never forget you if you do that. There's one thing about kids. If you get the kids started in the right direction and they work hard to become successful, they'll reach out to you for the rest of their lives, and and that's pretty special. Right, and so there's lots of ways for folks to get involved and help too outside yeah. of outside of that new building. You know, we got a lot of folks that do monthly contributions. You know, we can just count on them every month. There's uh, biggest part of our support comes that way. Do you have um, the, that Double Springs Club that still reaches out to y'all? Because I remember they were one of the first uh, supporters. Of, of the one out there on Double Springs Road. I don't know anything about that, so I'm guessing that answer would be no. Um, but we do have lots well, of... Well, my mama was one, was one at <laughs> okay. that time. That's why I, I remember it so well. But just we have a lot of churches, a lot of individuals even, that just make a monthly contribution. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a, uh, got that. We've got folks that just do a one-time gift. We are a, a nonprofit, 501c3, so all donations that come to the home are tax deductible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you but know, you, need to, so, you, you need to give a lot of money, so make sure it it may not benefit you too much if you give $20, you know. But uh, no. but uh, uh, anyway, it is, it is if you give into other things, yeah. um, you know, that's just an additional thing. Thing that you could help with but uh, we have that we have folks that just give a one time a year contribution mm-hmm. you know they just do something uh, once a year a lot of folks been doing something once a year for this uh, fundraiser that we've been doing there's folks that do something once a year at Christmas just a gift to the home the kids have lots of folks and groups that over the years have done things for them at Christmas and they're usually pretty well taken care of mm-hmm. as far as their Christmas presents go but just a just a gift to the home at Christmas time is always uh, nice and helps us carry into the new year with a little bit of uh, funds because January, February, March are always really slow times. Yeah. Uh, people kind of give out at Christmas and, and give a lot of extra at Christmas time. And then those first few months can be kind of hard to get through uh, if some folks don't give some extra things at Christmas. And so uh, we have that. And then I mentioned the pantry needs. We're in need of a little car right now. I talked about the kids going over to Shovel. We leave a car over there every day. So when I drive the bus over, I get the car and bring it back to Murfreesboro so we don't have to make two trips in the bus. Uh, you know, it's gas is a lot cheaper. You get 25, 30 miles a gallon versus 10. Well, how do you uh, get the uh, uh, bus back? I go back in the afternoon to pick the kids up. I leave the car there and bring the bus back. Oh, okay. And uh, and that car, just just a little car for us to drive that 50 miles a day, 26 there, 26 back. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, get 30 miles a gallon versus 10 in the bus. Uh, and then, of course, tires on a little little four-cylinder car is a lot cheaper than tires on the bus and oil changes are a lot cheaper and brakes are a lot cheaper and so it's really cost effective have a little three thousand four thousand dollar car to make that trip in and uh the one we've been using is about uh lived its last uh last mile or two i think we're getting into that we've been spending a little bit of money on it trying to keep it going but uh it's about time to do something a little bit different and uh, so I think sometimes folks don't think about that, just maybe donating a vehicle that they have. And if we didn't have a need for it, we might could uh, sell it or do something with it, put a little money in it, fix it, and use that money for the home. And so all kinds of ways people get involved and help. Who, who sets up the budget? Is it you and then you have to have approval from the board? Is that the way it's done? So Randall Graby, he's our director, and he's on our board uh, with Eloise. They're both part of our executive board. We mm-hmm. have six executive board members, uh, and so uh, he sets that budget out, and then the board uh, the board approves that. And then uh, at every board meeting we have, they go through and look at the financials and what we spent and mm-hmm. you know, give them a chance to ask any questions and just have that oversight uh, on our budget. You're very fortunate to have Eloise because – She's not only bright, she did a tremendous job over as the circuit court clerk 
for for many many years um uh but but she's one of the i don't know anybody more honest than ellie and everybody just absolutely loves her because she reaches out to so many people uh it must be very comforting to have people on your board like that 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 uh they command so much respect in the community. Yes, sir. We definitely need those uh, folks. And, and again, just uh, it's good accountability, all those things, to have a good group of board members that you know uh, that's trustworthy and, and you can have and, and two, that, that pray for you and help you make decisions that need to be made and those kind of things. Yeah. You, you have 100% of your uh, time, your, your free time, which is very little, actually – uh, that is your main focus is, is, is over there at the Good Shepherd's home, isn't it, Ellie? Well, it seems that, I, that I, I don't do that much, but I'm there to do whatever I can do. Yeah, and and having somebody like Robert, it, it makes a big difference when you have someone who is willing to give himself um, for something like that. I mean, you're, you're not going to be... Um, um, very successful in business but you give yourself to the good shepherd's home and uh, you must feel pretty com- i bet you sleep well at night uh, uh well well except for the the problems of trying to get this this home uh, uh expanded and and everything taken care of the cost of it and reaching out i hope you have a lot of people that have businesses or maybe people who want to to give to something in the community and uh, how do they reach you so we've got uh, a couple things we could do we have a facebook page for folks that are on facebook if they want to search a good shepherd people my my age they're not going to have uh, a facebook so so that's an option Uh, Uh we also have a website at uh, gsch.net that's the good shepherd children's home acronym gsch.net we have a website up in the top right hand corner of that website there's a red link you click on it, it says subscribe to newsletter, mm-hmm. um, and so you could sign up for our newsletter. We try to get one of those out quarterly, and that's a good way to keep up to date with what's going on. Um, and Is that then, mainly for the people who are a part of the Good Shepherd's Home and who are uh, contributors to it? It could be for anybody, really, that'd like yeah. to know if they're if they're just interested in knowing if a need comes up. A lot of times that may be in our newsletter, you know, yeah. and, and so if they're just interested in maybe kind of keeping up to date, it, it can be for anyone that wants to sign up. We'll send them the newsletter. We send it out by email, and uh, so they can get it that way. Of course, our phone number is on our website as well. If you call the number that says home there, uh, that's... Uh, eight, what is the phone number? It's uh, 615-896-1459. Mm-hmm. 615-896-1459 they call that number they'll get me mm-hmm. and uh anytime they call that that number rings to my cell phone as well so they'll always get me if they call uh that number and so we got our website there's the phone number uh we've got the facebook page and so that's a good way and and you can even contribute right through the website there's a there's a, a support tab on there Mm-hmm. Uh, where you can contribute a donation right through the website. You can set that up as a one-time, or you can even set that up to just reoccur monthly if you want to support on a monthly basis. Yeah, um, You can do it that way. What if they want to write uh, a check well. to you and send it to your address? That's fine. They can do that. The address is there on the website as uh-huh. well, and uh, that's P.O. Box 519, uh, P.O. Box 519, and it's uh, Murfreesboro 37130. And uh, so they can send a check right to the P.O. box there, and that that works as well. I hope you get everything that you need out there, Robert, because you guys have been doing a good job. Uh, like I say, I remember my mom was uh, a member of the Double Springs. What did, what did those Demonstration little, Club. Demonstration Club. Mm-hmm. And she just absolutely loved it. That was one of her favorite things to do, especially uh, when Christmas time would come up. Gosh, that's been a long, long time ago. I was at the age when I would have been over there. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Just uh, can't give, pray for us, and uh, we just have some wisdom and direction in how to guide and lead and, and uh, Lord, direct us with what we're wanting to do in the future. And uh, we're, we'll be content just staying where we're at. Been there yeah. a long time if that's what we need to, need to do. But I feel like we can help more and, and, and get out more if we can – build a little bigger facility and, and get something else uh, off the ground and going. 
Um, but I sure appreciate you having us and giving us the opportunity to kind of uh, share a little bit about the ministry. And I, I think it's the greatest thing going on in Murfreesboro. Uh, that's just me. Uh, I think but, you guys uh, are doing a wonderful job out there. But the we've got to, we, we need to, we need to be able to reach some young people and show yeah. them and, and break some of these cycles, uh, that they're growing up in. A lot of times it's what their parents have done. It's what they'll continue to do. And that'll go on for generations. If it doesn't break the chain somewhere and, uh, get a fresh start and just see a little different way of living and doing things. And, uh, and we try to, trying to influence some kids to uh, kind of be raised the way we were raised. Yeah. You know, it's not going on much. We were blessed. And, uh, yep, no doubt about it. And uh, and uh, things have changed a whole lot. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's not for the better in a lot of cases. And uh, so we just want some kids growing up, understanding to respect some authority and, and uh, learn that there's a God that loves them and put him first in their life, and they'll go a lot further uh, in life, and, and he'll, uh, things will be a lot better better for them but uh we sure got a lot of kids growing up today that don't have any respect for anything and that's a sad sad uh, thing and uh if we could we could reach the next generation and teach them some things about that i think we might could might could change some things and get some things on a little different course maybe yeah ellie you got anything to say i don't he covered it really well i know i know you didn't want to say anything thank you you're welcome All right, guys, we'll see you Monday morning uh, with Greg Tucker. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com.